right, welcome back to the big program. Time now for On the Mark, powered by Booster Juice. Visit a location today to refuel, refresh, and re-energize or download their new Booster Juice Rewards app to earn, order, and enjoy as we welcome in Mark Spector, upright and early, seven bells out on the West Coast. Good morning, Spec. Did you order room service already or how does that work for you? Yeah, I'm not a room service guy, pal. <laughs> get my jeans on and go down and get a coffee and something to eat. Don't need someone bringing it to me. Come on, you gotta like. Do you, do you use that little coffee in the room? Do you know one of those little packets? Do you put that in there? Oh yeah, I have that one right now. That I'm always spec. <laughs> so I'm going to read these stats off to you, spec. Okay, you ready? Yep. Fifty games played. Twenty-eight hundred thirty-six minutes. A 2.98 goals against average and a 9.04 save percentage. So 50 games played. Do you have any idea what those stats are? Yeah, I think I do. That sounds a lot like Calvin Picker's stats when he played yeah. his one season as a starter. Is that right? That is in Colorado with the Avalanche 2016-2017. Now, You'd think that those are pretty decent numbers, but then a texter came in and said, yeah, those stats are when the Avs had 22 wins and uh, 56 losses. Right now, the Oilers would do cartwheels for stats like that. Yes, they would. Do you think Cal Pickard starts tomorrow? Oh, um, it's such a guess. I mm-hmm. I hope so. You know, I hope so. The Oilers need a jolt. Uh, he's can't be playing worse than the, with the goaltender they've been getting. He's got to be familiar with the rink down there. I'm sure he's played there a ton in the minors. Uh, yeah, I hope he gets, you know, I'm not going to tell you that mm-hmm. I know what, what he's thinking. They didn't even practice yesterday, but I hope he plays tomorrow. Yeah. What do you think that would set off? Well, set off. Whatever's been set off got set off mm-hmm. when they put Jack Campbell on waivers yesterday. Okay. You know, so what's been set off? Ken Holland has got both feet in the goalie market trying to find somebody. We're hearing, you know, uh, hearing Bennington's name. I'm hearing Jake Allen's name. Um, you know, they're looking for some goalie that that has done it at some point in his career that someone's willing to part with. So I don't think I, – I don't think – I'll be honest with you. I don't think that Cal Pickard is – a major part of mm-hmm. the order's future here. He's the guy that's going to help them because Skinner's not going anywhere. Skinner's right. going to be part of this thing no matter what, and they're going to bring someone else in, and it's when they do, uh, it won't be Skinner going down to the minors. It'll be Cal Pickard. What do you think, Spec, the reaction around the team was to the move yesterday? What do you think when you go there today, because that's obviously going to be the number one topic of conversation when you head down to practice today. How do you think the team's going to be, you know, when you ask the questions today? Yeah, guys will guys will be, you know, they're all pros and, and everybody's had some bad stretches in their career. Lots of guys have been sent down. Uh, everyone will be pretty, you know, no one's feeling too good for Jack Campbell. They had a rookie dinner last night, so the whole team was together around a, a big table and, and, you know, having a drink and a steak or whatever they're doing. And I'm sure there's a lot of commiseration. Say what you want about Jack. He He's very well liked. You know, I'm here to tell you, the players have moved on from Jack Campbell being a, a guy that can help them win. I, I firmly believe that that it's not just the organ, it's not just the organization, but the dressing room 
are, is done with waiting for Jack Campbell to become a number one goalie. They're finished with that. It's over. That's not going to happen. And every guy on that team knows it. But it doesn't mean they don't like the guy. And it doesn't mean they don't feel for the guy. You know, it's a tough time for Jack Campbell. And guys are feeling bad for that, for sure. Mark Spector on the mark for Booster Juice on Sports 1440. Hey, Speck, we got a lot of text came in this morning about, you know, having some guys in the dressing room last year that offered some, you know, uh, made the dressing room a little lighter. Guys like Costin, guys like Yamamoto. Do you think the team is missing that this year? I don't know. You know, I don't. I, I don't know. Uh, you know, Costin was surely a, a fun-loving kind mm-hmm. of joker guy. Um, I don't think that – I'm not sure Yamamoto was that guy. Was he that guy? You know, nice I, kid and everything. I don't think he was an overtly humorous human being, was he? I think he. I think when you're when the doors are closed, yes. Okay. You know, maybe you're right. Uh, I don't know. You know, it's good to have a, light, a guy to lighten the mood at a time like mm-hmm. this. There's no doubt about that. But it's better to have good players that don't let you get into a time like this. Uh, and that's a bigger issue. The, the issue isn't how many laughs you're not having. The issue is how many wins you're not having. Mm-hmm. You mentioned uh, yesterday, Spec, about the success. I mean, wasn't it just a polar opposite on Monday of where these two teams were, where they are, Vancouver, Edmonton? All the star players in Vancouver are taking it to another level. All the star players in Edmonton are playing average. You could say that. What did, yep. what, what did you see in that game and then even just hanging around Vancouver for a little bit? Yeah, it's, I mean, the the life and the, the love of the game is returned out here for sure. They Listen, this is Edmonton five or six or seven years ago where we had our decade of darkness mm-hmm. and then they finally got a team with a chance and started winning some games and people fell in love with their team again. That's what's going on here. You know, this Canucks fan base hadn't had much to cheer about for about eight years. So they got a good team and they're loving every second of it. Good for them, man. You know, all way to go. It's a good hockey town, but it's always a better one when your team's good. So that's, you know, for the Canucks. And and as for the Oilers, sure, their guys, too many. I had a long conversation with Connor McDavid uh, when the cameras left. I'm writing that right now. I'll file it in probably an hour. Um, you know, he's he knows he's not playing very well. Mm-hmm. I can I'll tell you that he's hurt. He won't he won't admit to it. Uh, I'll tell you that he's for sure hurt. I'm watching the game the other night. He, you know, the first ten minutes of the game, he's got more jump and separating from everybody. He's got a breakaway two minutes in. He's got another chance a minute the next shift. By the end of the first period, he's not separating from anyone. And in the second and third period he's still one of the fastest players on the ice for sure, but he's not the fastest anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, he doesn't have that jump for more than about 10 minutes in a game. So I'm telling you he's playing at 70%. He won't tell you that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know what Dreisaitl's excuse is. He's trying hard, like Dreisaitl giving you the effort. He's coming back hard and working hard, but it's not there for him. Uh, and the rest of the skill guys, you know, I don't need to tell you what's going on. You're watching them. Yeah. The, the team is is collectively a victim of, of the mental anguish that comes with knowing you don't have the goaltending to win hockey games. It's killing everybody on this team, and it killed them again in Vancouver the other night. Mark Spector with us on Sports 1440. After the Monday game spec, you asked Jay Woodcroft after the fourth goal with 
Evan Bouchard's miscue and not coming back hard enough mm-hmm. to negate the goal. You asked him why he was on the ice the very next shift. And Jay gave you his response. Last night, we saw a little different approach in Calgary. Yeah. Not sure if you stayed up for that, but uh, with, jo- with Jonathan Huberto. So your thoughts on how both situations, I guess, were handled. That's going on all over the league. Lindy Ruff sat down Timo Meyer early in the season uh, in a game in New Jersey. Um, Rick Tockett sat down JT Miller for the rest of a period out here in Vancouver a few games ago. I'm not sure they've lost a game since. And last night, Huberdo, and it's been a long time coming in Calgary, right? This guy, he's been Jack Campbell. He showed up at the start of last year, Huberdo. He's making 10 and a half. He had done a thing, and now we're into the second season. Like there. And and the first year of an eight-year contract in Calgary, <laughs> right? There. I mean, if this guy, if you were a Flames fan, oh, my God, that is mega concern with Huberdo. And the coach sat him down last night. And I absolutely sit him down. Did you hear Jay's answer? He said, well, basically, and I'm paraphrasing him, he said, well, the goal goes in. Now I'm behind. Mm -hmm. I can't sit my best offensive defenseman. I need him to catch up. That's what he said, yes. Yeah, Mm -hmm. that's what he said. I mean, that's that's like the guy's driving around town causing car accidents, but it's okay because he owns a tow truck company, so we need the guy. (laughs) You know? (laughs) the hell? That's a good one, Speck. I never heard that one from you before. (laughs) (laughs) So... Do you think we'll see a little more of that moving forward here then? I, uh, what evidence do you have? None. Right? What mm-hmm. evidence do you have to say that Jay Woodcroft is going to turn into a coach that's got a bigger presence, that, that you know, shows you that he's got some cojones to make a move like that? I hope it changes. I hope he grows that pair. Mm-hmm. I haven't seen it yet. I haven't seen it yet. It's time. He takes it out. You know, he'll sit a Holloway, he'll sit his fourth line, he'll sit depth guys. But Evan Bouchard has probably been his most inconsistent top player this year. His Of the group that's, you know, the power play group and the best guys, mm-hmm. they've come and gone. Bouchard's been the guy all year that defensively has been by far the most derelict. That goal he cost you the other night was probably the sixth or seventh mm-hmm. one of those this year. And he doesn't miss a shift. So until that guy misses a shift, you bench a fourth liner. What do you think he's thinking? He's like, oh, yeah, I make a mistake, and I'm on the pine. And the big boys make a mistake, and they just keep on playing. That's not good for a hockey team. Yesterday we had Grant Fuhrer as our co-host, as you know. He calls uh, – Slats used to call it resting when he'd put a guy on the bench. He you're rested, you're yeah. resting for yeah. a little while. <laughs> He rested Gretz a few times. Yeah, that's what Grant said. Everybody got it. Uh, yeah. Speaking of that, I, I kind of I can't remember where I saw it yesterday, but when Woody got tossed the other night, that's the first time since Slats in '83 yep. that, that an Oilers coach was tossed. Yeah, that's odd. That's I thought. I thought maybe Mac T. I just assumed. You know. Yeah, me too. <laughs> me too. I mean, it's it's not baseball. Baseball happens three yes. times a year. That's yeah, the whole thing. It. That's the it's whole rare, thing. but whatever. I didn't. I agreed with the the. He was complaining about a cross check by JT Miller on Holloway, and that's it was a wicked hard cross check that buried Holloway in the slot. It should have been a penalty. It wasn't. Who cares? But the coach should stand up for his team at that point. Uh, we also had, I think, Frank Saravalli said there's a league wide notice going on. No anything to officials right now. You're getting it. You're gone. You're getting fined. We've seen that already this year. So maybe and you know Leon gets a, gets a ten. We don't even know what Leon said. Could it have been that bad? Maybe there is that just zero tolerance right now that they're they're doing going forward. Yeah, okay. Yeah. You know what? If that's how they want to do it, 
I mean, I you know what? I'm ambivalent. You want to <laughs> if the referees want to change the standard that's been there for a hundred years. If they're taking too much abuse, then I I trust that it's time for them to make a change. Make a change. I don't care. I uh, think you got to just go out with, with the the best line. Come on, ref. If you had another eye, you'd be a cyclops. You use that one, you got no problem. You got no problem because you're kind of, it's a compliment all at the same time. <laughs> oh, dear me. Yeah, it's a tough life being a referee. So it is. Uh, yeah, it, it really is. What do you make about this game tomorrow? San Jose wins last night, first win of the season over the Philadelphia Flyers 2 1. Mackenzie Blackwood had 38 saves. I don't know. It's just going to be. It, I, I, do you get the feeling the Oilers walking in there on on eggshells? What's the feeling that you're going to get going into that building tomorrow? Yeah, the, listen, it, it all starts in goal. We've watched it now through 11 games. You know, they they've shown the ability to be a strong starting team on a lot of nights, most nights. Right, their first 10 minutes on most nights has been very good. Mm-hmm. It's certainly adequate, and you you can't accuse this team of of not starting strong. But what's happened is goaltending has undone it. You know, they don't get a big save. I'm not saying they're not giving up three on twos. I'm not saying the team in front of the goal is not making a mistake, but they're not allowed a mistake. They haven't been allowed to make a mistake this year because it's in their net every single time. If that happens in San Jose, I got the all bets are off, pal. This team is so mentally fragile right now, right? Mm -hmm. They are so fragile. And it goes back to the fact that every misstep is a goal against, and nine times out of ten, it's been their goaltending that's been the cause of that. So, um, you know, I expect a strong start, and if they get some saves, I expect them to beat San Jose by three goals. But that little part where I said if they get some saves, that's a huge thing here because they haven't got any saves yet this season. And apparently, Spec, if the Oilers lose tomorrow, Gregor's grown his hair out for seven months. Have you heard that? <laughs> like a chia pet? <laughs> no, some there's this Leahy thing apparently from what was it, Duke? What's the movie or what is it? The Trailer Park <laughs> Trailer boys. Park Boys. So that's what he's going to look. I don't know. Mr. He's going to look like Mister Leahy. <laughs> yes. So that's what he's calling it. I mean, I like I said, like can can it get any worse? Oh my goodness, it's tough times, pal. I mean, the Oilers are. You know they got they, they, it's tough times. The GM is is playing the piano as fast as he can, trying to find a goalie out there, which is almost impossible at this time of year. Mm-hmm. Other teams are asking him for guys like Holloway and Broberg, and every young decent player that he's got is what they want from him, right? He's still got Jack Campbell at five million bucks. Nobody's taking him off your hands unless it's a you're eating a bunch of that. It's a the coaches, the coaches looking down the highway and seeing, wait a second, their guys, their guys benching Huberto, and I'm not benching Evan Bouchard. He's having, I guarantee you, he's having second thoughts in between <laughs> Jay Woodcroft's to. years, has right? To. Has to be, and all the players on the team are lacking confidence because they're not playing very well. And this whole game is about confidence, Kevin. Mm-hmm. And the Oilers don't have much of it right now. As my old plumber friend Howie Thompson used to say, confidence, it's a crazy thing, Spec. It's a crazy thing. they got to find some somewhere. A confident Edmonton Oilers team can beat any club in the league by two. Mm-hmm. Uh, we haven't seen that team since about game three of the season. Thanks very much, Spec. We will talk to you in the morning. Enjoy practice. It's at UBC today, right? 
Yes, sir. 11 o'clock UBC. I'll oh, be there. Oh, that'll be good. When's the last time you were out yeah. there covering in for the Gateway, doing some yeah, Bears I know. <laughs> Yeah, right. No, I've covered some practices out there before. Uh, I don't remember how to get there, but that's why the good <laughs> Lord invented Uber, my friend. <laughs> okay, thanks, buddy. We'll talk to you tomorrow. <laughs> That's uh, Mark Spector on the mark, energized by Booster Juice. You can get the boost you need at Booster Juice. We will get to some of your texts, and we had a couple calls, and we'll get back to those calls. Uh, if you were on hold during the spec interview, give us a shout back at one 401 Much more to come. Plus, uh, at 8.40, we will check in with Adam Surgery, the Sherwood Park Crusaders. David Schlemko will be our co-host from 9 to 11. Stay with us. The Kevin Carey Show returns right after the break on Sports 1440. Is this a ballad too, Duke? Is this what this is or what? Is Brooks and Dunn? This is B&D, yeah. But I, I would not describe this as a ballad, no. What was that last, uh, we had a text about an hour ago about the ballads when we were talking about uh, BA. What was that what, That text that came in was said something to do with Guns and Roses it, or something? Uh, it suggested what a couple true power, power ballads, ballads were. Um, Motley Crue's Home Sweet Home or Ozzy's No More Tears, according to Greg the Rider fan. Those are power ballads. The ones that we were talking about are not power ballads. I, heaven is a power ballad, 100%. <laughs> I don't know. I'm kind of, I'm going with, with the texter. You know, whoever put that promo on about the Yorkton Terriers, I, uh, I know they're finding some stuff. This is from LB Yorkton Terriers, EA from Yorkton Lorne. We had, we've had a few texts every time that promo runs or what do you call it? A liner, not a liner. A, just uh, a little bumper. Like a little show intro. Yeah, yeah. show intro. Or break intro, I guess. There's a long rivalry between Yorkton and Melville, where I'm from. Long rivalry. We can get into it someday. But there were some crazy stories back in the day. So uh, text lines open, 1-833-401-1440. 1-833-401-1440. Also give us a call. We'll have the uh, lines open for this segment before we get to Adam surgery. I believe Big Mac is on the line right now. Big Mac, uh, you're on Sports 1440. Thanks for the call. What's on your mind this morning? Hey, guys. Thanks for taking my call of the show. Um, So, Woody, I believe he's dug his own grave. And this goes all the way back to the Los Angeles Kings series. Um, Campbell stood on his head that one game and won us that game and usually that was an automatic start for Campbell the next game but he gave Skinner the start everything turned out for us but uh, the Vegas series same thing a lot of people expected Campbell was going to be given one of those starts and I was at the game in game six and uh, it was obvious Skinner wasn't feeling it Mm -hmm. but he put Campbell in when it was too late so in essence, he went down with Skinner last last year. And uh, this year, based on Campbell's preseason performance, he starts Campbell yep. game one. And so he was kind of going against what he did with performance-based, uh, how the player played, how the goalie played compared to last year. It was a different formula. You would agree with that? Yeah, exactly. And I'm like, if you're going to go down with Skinner last year – you got to stick with that and start with him this year. And basically that 
just kept the ball rolling downhill with that eight to one blowout mm-hmm. with Campbell. So, you know, I think there's a couple bad goalie decisions um, last playoffs to start the year. Um, whenever the other thing that last game, so whenever a goal gets scored against us, you know, Woody knows the cameras are going to be on him, and he sticks his head between his legs. And like I get I that, I get that, a, Big I, Mac. I, I think a lot of coaches do that. They're they're trying to see on various other things because of the delay and things like that. They're not they're not looking at how the goal is exactly scored, but they're looking at other things too. Could it be a possible possibility for a review? They're looking at many other things, but they're also looking at again how the play developed, how, how things went in the sense of a defensive breakdown as well. They, it's, it's, you know, that's the world that, that happens now. All the coaches basically do that. They're very few, yeah. very few are still are right looking at, you know, whatever their players. I don't, I'm not, not necessarily agreeing with, with doing that, but I think that that's just the way the game has gone. Look at all the iPads on the bench. It's, it's, yeah, no, I, you I, know, I totally agree, Kevin. Um, but I think there's a time and a place, um, for to be to be demonstrative and to to show your emotion on the bench, and you know when the players are down and out, um, it would be nice to have a guy like Tortorella there uh, <laughs> sometimes showing uh, the emotion. And he had that chance last game. He got kicked out mid mid period by the ref, and that was his chance to just go off. And it it could have been like a pressure relief valve for the team. I get but that. You know what? Big I get that big right Mac in the sense. I get that in the in the sense that I felt that almost, even though we don't know what was said, we don't know what was said that he got tossed. It was kind of trying to deflect things away from his team. I think. Yeah, that, I, I I think he 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 went he he went down that path, but. I thought he should have went all the way. Like mm-hmm. I, I know what you mean. Yeah, that's a fair, fair comment. He could have really teed off and said, "You know what? I'll take the ten grand fine, twenty five grand, grand fine, whatever it is. I, I don't mind that." Hey, appreciate the call, Big Mac. Thanks for calling in and thanks for listening. Appreciate it. Thanks, Kevin. Uh, tons of uh, a torts request. We have lost our minds now. Comes from Mondo. Pillman Texan. Was he not watching live? No iPads allowed. Uh, was it? Tortorella that said no iPads allowed on the Philadelphia bench. It, again, it sort of takes the feel out of it in the in the sense of what you're trying to do. And I get, was he not watching live? So many moving parts, so many things happening on the bench. That's why you got three, four assistant coach trying to help you out. You're trying to navigate your way through what your mindset is going through in the next shift, who you're going to have out, who you want combination wise the one thing that I would be probably concerned about even is how much do you want to put on this on Woody is what are we at is it five too many men on the ice penalties this year three in one game there's one more could be four or five there's a four minimum we need uh, we would say for sure four minimum maybe five Pillman says Perry Pern didn't need an iPad yes we had Perry on last week was great on his way to Japan now coaching there uh, hey guys, I gotta say, Big Mac is right. I thought Campbell was gonna get a piece of the action last year in the playoffs after his performances. I really didn't get it then. Text coming in one eight three three four zero one fourteen forty. I know we're we're hockey based and we are always hockey based. I wanted to throw this one at you, Duke. 
So we've been doing this show now. This is our 46th show. Did you know that, Duke? Saul 46. Are you surprised? Are you... Because I'm surprised. I'm, I'm more than surprised than shocked. And again, we talk hockey 80% of the time here. I wanted to throw this out to you with the CFL. We never get any comments about the CFL. We're into semifinals. Is it because of the poor performance by the Edmonton Elks, both on the field and off the field, everything that's happened with this organization, is that the main reason why we don't get traffic regarding the CFL? Even in, we're coming up to the Great Cup. It's the biggest party in Canada. No one said a word. The only time we ever talk about the CFL is when we have Eddie Steele on here on Fridays. I think the local team's performance, like you said, in, in both facets, uh, both on and off the field, certainly plays a big role. And because of the lack of competitiveness for almost the entire season, obviously they, they certainly turned things around kind of in the last, I don't know, third of it, I guess, maybe, um, th- that creates quite a bit of apathy uh, amongst the local folks. Like, <laughs> look at the look at other teams in the city that don't have huge fan bases. And, and the Elks, I think, are pro- like, is there a team ahead of them behind the Oilers for the number two spot? Of course but, not. No. But look at, like, nothing creates or uh, invigorates fan bases like winning. Look at the Oil Kings. They have been not very good for the past couple of years. Attendance has, uh, it's been surprisingly good given how bad they are, but it's certainly not at the levels it was when they were winning back-to-back okay. uh, Western Conference Championship or Western League Championships. The Edmonton Stingers, they when they're competitive, 4,500, 5,000 a game. Yeah. People flock to the hangar to go watch them play. It, losing creates apathy. And that the Oilers might be the only thing just because of the natural hockey market we have here that is exempt from that. Mm-hmm. But it's it's okay. it's the nature of the beast. But, okay, so you kind of went off on the Elks. Um, and that, that angle. So I'm just saying CFL right now. Pillman texts in, who is even playing ha-ha in the CFL East and West final? Mm-hmm. I know a lot of guys on Saturday that didn't watch a lick of any CFL game on Saturday. Nothing. I mean, that's... Uh, and TSN says the numbers are higher, 11% higher in the regular season. I don't know what the numbers were for the CFL East and West semifinal on Saturday. The numbers from TSN for the 2023 season compared to 2022 is an increase of about 11% on a game-to-game basis. An average audience of 483,000, up 11% from last year. But again, and the only thing I can relate it to is the fact that because the Elks were done two months into the season, that apathy just built and built and grew and grew. Having said that again, so isn't, the Grey Cup, one of the biggest parties in Canada going forward. It always has been. It's a week-long event in whatever city it is. It's Canadiana. It's everything. How many Oilers fans, and I'm talking the true diehards, they live and breathe with every Oilers shift. How many Oilers fans keep watching every game of the NHL playoffs after the Oilers lose out? It's a. It's not a big number. I'll tell you, I, I see it in my interactions with people on a day-to-day basis around this city for the past uh, 10 years now that I've lived here with a bit of a gap in the middle. Jordan, when, the, when the Oilers are bad, yeah? people don't care about the NHL that much either. Oh, I don't know about that. 
In terms of but watching still talk, games? When the Oilers are bad, look what happened yesterday and today even. It's all people are talking about. That's where we've that, come. That's what we've come to. Even when the Oilers are bad, people talk about it, Duke. When the Oilers are bad... They talk our, about the Oilers. Yes. Not about the rest of the league. Uh, I, th- I still think people... like. I mean, look at today. We Lots about Huberto, lots about other things. San Jose, there's still things that are talked about. Uh, this one comes in from Jordan on our text lines. Uh, give us a call if you want as well. one 401 text line, same number. Jordan says, this city is about to talk bocce soon if our teams keep sucking. Pillman goes, I quit watching totally. Walter says, there were CFL games on Saturday. So even we still do get texts about other things when we're not talking about that. Duke, you would say that. That's a fair assessment. But when we're not talking about anything CFL-orientated, nobody chimes in until Friday when we have Eddie Steele on. I mean, we had Matthew Shinetti on last Friday to talk about the CFL West and East semifinals. (laughs) Like the texts that come in right now, they're not even worth seeing because it's talking about how bad the CFL is. RL, this one we can say. Kevin, I've said it for years that the CFL is the worst marketed franchise in North America. I love the CFL, but the way they market it is absolutely terrible. Victor. My apathy for all pro sports is growing. I watch less and less every year, including the NHL and the Oilers. I am gravitating more to the Edmonton Riverhawks. Darren texts in, I also think CFL fans think the league is bigger than it is or followed by more than it is, but it's not. I think most people couldn't tell you who is in the semifinals. Darren in YYC Disagree. I follow the NHL in its entirety, regardless of how the Oilers play. Adam in Spruce Grove says, The Duke is right. I lost interest in the NHL playoffs when the Oilers lost out. Beautiful weather and no local vibe. Elks have been bad. Apathy sets in for me. I agree in that sense, Duke, in the playoffs. I really do. Because I I actually lose some interest as well in the playoffs. Last year when the Oilers lost out, it's so nice outside. You want to get out. You want to golf. You want to do this. Get the garden going. Cut the grass. Games are on at 5 o'clock. It's too nice out. You just got through a hell of a winter. Tons of texts coming in. one 1440 Maybe we put a bit of a burr under the saddle for the CFL. 30 seconds after the board eviscerated 70 years of Eskimos pride and culture, I canceled my 28 years of season ticks, walked away from 44 years of supporting that league permanently. That franchise and league are forever dead to me. Once an Eskimo, always an Eskimo, never a whatever. 10-10, Ken. Adam texts in, hey guys, CFL has no story. Nine teams isn't enough. No story, limited marketing, and a second-tier product. I would put them in the same convo as WHL, not a top-tier pro team. Here's one from Beer Man, and Beer Man, 
he knows. He's in he that here beer man has feet on the ground. He's in the trenches. Beer man is at the games. He's slinging beer. I work for a BC-owned company. Just returned from a trip with 36 people, nearly all from BC. Not a single word was said over the weekend about the Lions and not a single fan clamoring to watch it on TV. So you guys want texts about the CFL, but only if they're positive. Got it. That, boys, is what we call burying the story. I don't think we ever said that, burying the story. All right, we got to get rolling here. Uh, when we come back, Adam Surgery. General Manager of the Sherwood Park Crusaders will be our guest on the guest on the Kevin Carey Show on Sports 1440. Stay with us. All right, welcome back to the big program, 844 in Edmonton. Let's go in the community for United Sport & Cycle, where you can save up to 35% off United Sport & Cycle, your home of hockey for over 95 years, as we welcome back into the program Adam Surgery, Sherwood Park Crusaders GM of the AJHL. Adam, welcome back to Sports 1440. Good morning. Good morning. Thanks for having me. Well, thanks for coming on again right now. Boy, Crusaders rolling 15-5 and record and home to Olds tonight. What's been the continued success, the keys to the continued success for the Crusaders here as we're about a third of the way through the season? Man, it's gone fast. Yeah, I think probably the depth of our lineup. We've kind of been tested here a little bit with some injuries and some suspensions, and I think it's a credit to our coaching staff and the players for, you know, one, the coaching side of things with the development that they've done with our young guys and continuing to push the standards every day with within the group and then our young guys buying in. So, um, you know, it's been really kind of the next guy up mentality, and, um, you know, we've, we've been fortunate that we've gotten some big games out of some guys uh, on nights when – Maybe some of our bigger guys haven't uh, haven't had a good night where you know we can lean on that depth and you know we're able to pull through. Adam Surgery from the Sherwood Park Crusaders, our guest on Sports fourteen forty. Adam, when you had to, you know, and you can touch on how Brennan Menard has coached this team this year. Were you at all concerned because you had to make the 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 hire because of the departure of Evan McFeeters so late going into the season? I mean, you're getting ready to rock and roll here, and McFeeters leaves the team, and then you have to bring in Brendan Menard. Were you concerned about that transition because there wasn't a lot of time to kind of get his feet on the ground? Um, I personally never had mm-hmm. um, any doubt in terms of what Brennan can do with our group because. I know him so well and I know how hard he works and how committed he is at, at doing, you know, his job and doing it well. Um, I see, I, I, I've just known him for so long. And mm-hmm. I mean, and we're talking about a guy that is in the rink at seven every day and doesn't leave until five or six o'clock at night every day. So he puts in the hours every week along with you know, our assistant coach, Ryan uh, Berlin. And I think the, the if there was a little bit of, um, you know, I guess, um, hesitation was was with the group, right? Like players don't like change, right? It's it's uncomfortable. So, um, but you know, with the change that happened in um, in in August, and you know, with the the group that we have, like we didn't lose anybody. And as we we talked about, I think it was on the first show with the Wild Wild West here in junior hockey, and and what's happening in the BCHL. Like we were pretty yeah. fortunate. Like we didn't have anybody that wanted to leave because of the change. Like, you know, after having conversation with our, with our leadership group, like you know, they were all bought in, like they were excited about it. And, you know, it just took them a little, it just took a conversation or two to, to kind of reassure them that everything was going to be okay. And thankfully they trust me and, mm-hmm. and, and took my word for it. Adam surgery with us. 
when you said the phrase wild, wild west, what's that pertain to? <laughs> well, it just means that obviously with, with the landscape in junior hockey right now, players essentially having choice where I think the old, the old days in junior hockey, um, you know, the, the junior team had the players' rights and you really had you know, the, the player, you know, you could do whatever you wanted with them. If you wanted to mm-hmm. ship them out east, or you wanted to ship them north, like you, whatever you wanted to do, like you're essentially able to do with the player, and they really had little say. And you know, in in our time now, like the players hold the cards in a lot of it. So, um, and now with BCHL going rogue and being unsanctioned, like they can up and leave at any point in time. So. Uh, so when I'm referring to the wild, wild west and a coaching change happening late in the year, you can imagine that the teams west of the Alberta Junior Hockey League seeing a change in Sherwood Park with mm-hmm. a lot of really good players there are now starting to try to to, to sway our guys over to, over to that province. And thankfully, again, like I said, there's there's some trust there in our room, and they took my word, and mm-hmm. all is good. Adam Surgery, Sherwood Park Crusaders, general manager. Crusaders off to a 15 and five start in the AJHL season. Last time you were on, Adam, we touched on Eric Roost, the nephew of Stacy Roost, former, well, he played a lot of years, Stacy Roost did. He was a great player, nephew of Stacy. Now he's committed to Cornell University. How happy and proud are you of another player uh, heading down south to NCAA? Yeah, extremely proud and, and extremely happy for Eric. I mean, <clears throat> if you ask anybody that spent some time in our dressing room and has spent time around him, um, you're talking about somebody that is a plus in everything they do, like from the way he approaches the game, the way he plays the game, the way he treats people around him. Um, there's very little that you can say negative about Eric Roos. Like he just he brings it every day, and I would, you know, I, I think I said it in my statement there in the team release that he's the standard uh, in our dressing room. Um, he's the guy that. You know, he, that, that calms things down and he reassures the players that we're in a good spot when you got him in the net. Adam, when you, I guess, mentor and foster and shape and mold these young players, when they come in, that's one of their main goals is they want to get to post-secondary, a lot of them NCAA. Do you have a lot of other players that have committed or that you will be seeing moving down south here? Yeah, well, we had another one last night that I can't oh. really say anything Ooh. about um, <laughs> right now. So you, you have to wait and see for tomorrow when okay. it's announced. Um, but again, like it's exciting, right? So uh, it's what we really have built our team around is is players that want to have a you know an NCAA scholarship and that have those types of aspirations. And it's our job to make sure that we prepare them to go to get there and thrive. Not only down south, but in Canada too, because several players move on to whether it be university or you know Canadian college as well. Absolutely, I, I mean you're talking to a guy that played five years mm-hmm. of youth sports at Lakehead, so I've got all the respect in the world for that. Um, you know, it, it, it's interesting. I had that conversation a couple of weeks ago with regards to the Canadian University mm-hmm. um, youth sports, and you know how much how good that hockey is. It's really it's it's really <clears throat> underrated. The, the difference is, is like if our guys can go down south, they get a full scholarship, right? Or, or you know, uh, a large percentage of their 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 tuition taken care of in Canada. If they haven't played in major junior, then you know they're having to spend some money for 
for their uh, education, and it's you know it's money well spent, mm-hmm. obviously. Um, but at the end of the day, if you ask uh, you know if you ask any family, I think free is probably the best number that any family can have. <laughs> for sure, Adam Surgery, our guest on Sports fourteen forty. Having said that, Adam. If a player, like, do the Crusaders, do the AJHL, do other leagues have programs in place to offset some financial, you know, difficulties maybe where they can, you know, in the WHL you play a year, you get a year uh, of university. Does the AJHL or even the crew offer something like that to their players? Yeah, I think, well, like our league is non-for-profit, right? So um, I know with us as an organization, like, if we have, um, some extra money at the end of the year, then that would go towards the players, mm-hmm. right? So, um, so the goal is always to generate as much revenue as possible. And when you're able to to have a little bit of excess at the end of the year, then you know then you can disperse that amongst the players and, and help players that you know need to, a little bit of extra you know backing when when going to their post secondary education. Got some texts coming into one eight three three four zero one fourteen forty plus some posts on social media talking about the under fifteen AAA KC Squires, uh, talking about the job that you did there and coaching one of their sons. Can you just kind of touch on that part and how long ago was that and before you moved on here to the crew? Yeah, I think uh, I started back in I think it was two thousand sixteen or two thousand seventeen. Um, yeah, it's fortunate to have that group for the, that age group for three, four years. And, uh, again, it's, you know, as, as being at the junior level, it's, um, it's about preparing guys, you know, like we've talked about to get to, to college. Um, and it's no different at that age. It's, it's preparing guys, the players to, to make sure that they're prepared when they leave us, uh, to have success at the next level of whatever that might be, U17, U18, um, you know, just making sure that they have the skills and and the habits to, to have success at the you know at the next level and the next stage of their hockey career. And I think when you put that as the uh, the goal and the primary focus, everything else kind of takes care of itself. Right? It's just holding them to those high standards and the level of expectation that you know they're going to have when they leave you uh, is to make sure that you know you're. You're filling in the gaps, and you just you're guiding them, right? really, right? Like you talked about, it, shaping and molding. Yeah. And, um, it's not everyone that loves being held to a higher standard and held accountable, but you know, I, I think what I've seen in my time is the guys that crave accountability, that crave structure, routine, and want to get better every day. Like those are the guys that get better, and those are the guys that ultimately have success, not only on the ice but off the ice. Wow, structure, accountability. Sounds like you're talking about another team that a lot of people are talking about around here, Adam. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. We don't have to say who it is. So you got Olds tonight. What team, what kind of team do, do the Grizzlies have and your opponent tonight in Sherwood Park? Oh, they're scary. Like, they, they, even though, like, they're at the bottom of the standings, like, they're a team that, like, they bring it. They bring it, and if you give them a chance to stay in the game, and let them linger around, like, you're probably going to be in one for 60 minutes. So it's important that we get off to a good start, and we report, we're in, it's important we establish our style of play early and, um, you know, make sure we don't let them feel like they can play with us. We've got to make sure that we bring our A game, and, you know, we get off to a good start, and I think the rest will take care of itself. But if we, if we don't show up, then, you know what, Olds is going gonna, is gonna to come in, they're going to play hard, and they're going to give us everything they have. And so we want to make sure that we're ready for that. Seven up. Clock puck drop in the park. How are the crowds been? Hoping for a good one tonight? 
Yeah, you know, it, it's a Wednesday night, so um, you know they, they're they're typically okay on during the week. But you know, this weekend's a big one. We got Friday, Saturday at home. Saturday night's the uh, the military game and the Remembrance Day, so that should be a big one against Bruce Grove, crosstown rival. So okay. I expect a big one there, and and Friday night as well. Like you know, it should be should be bumping at the rink. All right, thanks for coming on again, Adam. Best of luck in uh, the future fortunes of the Crusaders. Uh, looks like things are happening this year, and hopefully, uh, continued success as the year goes on. Thanks, Adam. I appreciate it. Thanks so much. Take care. That's Adam Surgery, Sherwood Park Crusaders General Manager, as we went in the community for United Sports and Cycle, a fourth generation family owned and operated business in the heart of old Strathcona. Top of the hour, our Wednesday morning co host, Adam Surgery, was just on now. We will check in with David Schlemko as he comes in from 9 to 11 every Wednesday. We'll have Carmen DeFalco on from ESPN 1000 in Chicago. Talk a little about uh, all the sports happening in the Windy City. Man, that is a busy sports city. And then at 10 o'clock, former NHLer, our headliner of the day for Mr. Reuter, Johnny Busick. Before we get to Schlemmer at the top of the hour, here is the Duke with a sports 1440 update.